He's working for the president. He's working for our country. Alien life, uh, like pedophiles, uh, you know, and it just seeks to tie all of that together. Welcome to episode nine of QAnon Anonymous. I'm your host, Jake. And I'm your co-host, Julian. This week, we are here with none other than Nathan Bernard, comedian, self-described free speech activist, and founder of Bernard Media, or BM for short. You can follow him at Nathan T. Bernard on Twitter. Welcome, Nathan. We're so happy to have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's cool to uh, be able to talk a little bit about BM and what we're doing here. We uh, come at a pretty, pretty tragic, depressing time that we're talking in United States history with the Kavanaugh hearings and everything, but um, yeah, let's try to make it entertaining. The only reason I got up this morning is because I knew we were going to record this podcast. Otherwise, I would be in a haze of narcotics. Um, I'm just so tired of hearing about this Kavanaugh shit, but whatever. Let's move on to more interesting topics. Jake, how are you doing? How's your week been? Um, it's I'm pretty... I'm well. That's actually <laughs> positive for you. That's very positive. I'm well, thank you. I've got my coffee. I got a coffee right here. Yes. Um, Why is mine done? I have no coffee left. <laughs> uh, well, because I, I mine is like a um, it's like a medicinal syringe. Like I know if I get to a certain point, the percentage for a panic attack goes up. I was about to say when you get to panic attack o'clock, just hand it over to me, man. I'm looking for something. Yeah. Well, I, well, I've got this. I've got my CBD drops, um, which which has really sort of stayed off the panic attacks for the last. Oh, a couple of years, basically. Jake nice. is the Rush Limbaugh of our podcast. You know, he, he started, he started around like a, an accident. There was a legitimate need, but now it's just gone way beyond the pale. Way beyond the pale. Nathan, you were described by Rolling Stone as an app developer and self-taught coder. Uh, but I'm wondering, like, how did you become so involved with politics, and how did it connect you to comedians like Vic Berger and Tim and Eric's Tim Heidecker? What's your secret origin story? Um, I mean, I do tech stuff for a living. Like I run a, I run the website for this radio guy out in LA actually. So maybe I would be out in LA some point coming up here. Oh, cool. But, um, I do tech contracts, but yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's kind of where they get the self-taught, you know, app developer and coder stuff. I guess the secret story, because they wrote about some of the kind of, I built a bot that auto replied to Donald Trump and would always get the first reply. I mean, I guess that's kind of how uh, I started working with Vic and everybody because um, it was really Vic that I met before anyone. But I guess this is a secret. Here's the secret story of how I met Vic. So almost three years ago now, I had found this New York Times article that came out about Ted Cruz. And it was him kind of like going around campaigning. It was like 2015. So it was kind of like early in the primaries and everything. Yeah. I'm not like super politically engaged or something like that. I think that, you know, is kind of like a misconception. Um but uh, yeah, so I mean, I saw him, easy target to be making fun of, saw the New York Times article where he's essentially telling children that their world is going to burst into a hell flame and like, you know, <laughs> Armageddon is about to be here. And he's, but it's like, it's him kind of like pandering to kids to make the parents seem like he's a humanized, normal person and not some fucking reptilian. Yeah. You know, and so he's he's from know. the I believe from the bottom of the Mariana Trench. There are oh, other yeah. Ted Cruz's, but oh, that's yeah. about it. That's where his ego. Yeah, he's a blobfish. Is. Like that's he's evolved just a couple of <laughs> stages. You know, like he's like a he's like two decades evolved from a blobfish. Oh, he's gonna get the limb that is the <laughs> only purpose of that limb is to molest people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. Or look at just or his favorite porno tweets on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, just another horrible person. But uh, had seen that article photoshopped it so that it read kind of funny because I had seen Vic's videos on Ted Cruz. He had found this kind of B-roll footage and 
you know, was uh, it accidentally leaked from their campaign videos, all this B-roll footage of Ted Cruz. Yes. So he had been making these videos about Ted Cruz. I remember that if video. If you guys have not seen those, I'll send you to them. They're amazing. It's just so good. It's that interview they did with his whole family, like, in his home, right? Exactly. And they're, like, eating around a dinner table. It's really unsettling because you just see how unhuman they are. And it's that's, like, behind the scenes. And they're still just cold and you know they're just not they don't seem like humans yeah you know they don't they can't have a genuine conversation with one another it's it's distressing but yeah so i edited i photoshopped that article so it read all crazy and it was like he was you know telling the kids like that the world is on fire and stuff and i emailed it to vic because coincidentally vic is actually from the same hometown that i'm from oh wow um and so is tim heidecker oh no way that's so funny it's really it's a really weird coincidence because you know we're all from the lehigh valley in pennsylvania which is kind of steel and coal country way out of its prime and like union jobs that used to be there that aren't anymore and opioid crisis running rampant. So it's a pretty desolate area. Do you think that eventually they're going to have those signs like in Roswell where they'll be like, you are entering like the birthplace of weird Twitter? (laughs) I mean, I think think there's definitely a certain humor that comes from seeing just the public access TV commercials and just kind of there's not much to do around there or anything. But yeah, I sent that to Vic and I was like, hey, this is from Nate from the Lehigh Valley. think you might think it's funny and he got back to me um and just throughout you know has been really supportive even before the kind of auto replying and stuff with the trump bot and everything he was just uh, supportive of me making video edits and trying to be funny on the internet so i guess that's kind of the secret story of how i first uh got in contact with Vic. it's awesome to hear about comedians and guys who are you know established who've like made made a career for themselves actually being invested in like somebody that's up and coming so often you hear stories especially like you know i I work in the entertainment industry and like so often the the story is is that like everybody's so afraid of the new guy coming in because they don't want you to replace them because the career in and of itself is is so fickle so when you hear about somebody that's like oh no dude i like i like genuinely like the content that you're creating and like yeah whatever you need like whatever i can help with like yeah that's I, I think that that speaks really, really well of somebody's character for sure. Thanks. It's as touching as the story of Ben Shapiro, you know, <laughs> taking Charlie Kirk aside and saying, "Hey, man, uh, I've I've been hating women and black people and Palestinians for decades. Now you come with your crooked little fucking teeth like a little rodent, and you think you can make it? Well, guess what? I love you." It's funny because. You know, I don't, I've never even really referred to myself as a comedian or anything like that. I just make internet content and enjoy doing it. And, you know, I've kind of fallen into this weird niche. And, you know, I mean, I had a couple of friends that would think weird Twitter sense of humor and ultra weird irony and stuff was funny. But before I found this little weird niche on the internet, I mean, uh, this is this is a great outlet for my life. Yeah, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, so it's been amazing. You started Bernard Media or BM using your own name front and center. Was that like was that a conscious choice to put your personality at the center of the initiative? I mean, that kind of started. Do you guys know about like Cernovich leaks or milk leaks, which were kind of the yes. first projects that I had really, aside from you know the bot auto reply stuff to Donald Trump and everything of putting Vic's videos out there and working with him and Todd Dracula, who's another really talented video editor. Mm-hmm. You know, before that, we had made the Milk Leaks and Cernovich Leak sites, which, you know, were kind of like archives of all these weird video edits that primarily Vic had made. Um, Cernovich Leaks being for Cernovich, Milk Leaks being for Baked Alaska, just a wealth of cell phones and just them making complete and total fools of themselves. Some of the stuff, I mean, more serious than others, really, in the you know, in the case of Cernovich, but... 
know, Baked Alaska is like, you know, pepper spraying himself and shit. And it's just, <laughs> is a total fucking abomination. Yeah, your background um, on Twitter is is uh, somebody peppers, like somebody uh, squeezing a cow's tit so that it sprays Baked Alaska in the face. I couldn't yeah. quite <laughs> identify who the person squirting it. Is it yeah. is it Spencer? Is it Richard Spencer? Yeah, it's Richard Spencer. I gave credit. <laughs> That's Vic. Vic made that because when we made Milk Leaks, you know, Milk Leaks being for after Baked Alaska pepper sprayed himself at Charlottesville, you know, he had a bunch of people pouring milk on his face. And like, there's an infamous now live stream where he's like, keep streaming, keep streaming, keep streaming. And it's like, you know, he allegedly had been pepper sprayed or bear maced by someone. When you look at some, when you look at an actual bear macing, I mean, it's an enormous mist. There's no way that the guy got bear maced. Yeah. Definitely maced himself in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at the videos, you can kind of see the evidence there. But then, you know, he's pouring milk all over his face and, you know, more milk, more milk, the classic little meme. Um, some milk leaks. I mean, Kavanaugh bear maced himself in that hearing. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. How fucked up are we? You know, you have two sides and, you know, maybe they could just stand mm. with a healthy amount of distance in between them and, and hurl insults at one another. But but that's not enough. You have to mace yourself. I mean, to be and fair. Be, and be like, and be like, <laughs> oh, man, like I was assaulted. It's like he, he was upstaged massively because during that same protest, someone was murdered with a car. <laughs> I mean, so it's like, yeah. shut the fuck up. Why would he even publish that shit? Bro? Right. Just shut the fuck up. Exactly. Like someone died. These people, I mean, you know, it gets to Bernard Media and why there, but it was always, it just started out with capturing the stuff that they do. Yeah. Like you're saying, they make enough fools of themselves. They don't have any empathy. They can't even realize that, you know, a situation like Charlottesville, because they're such narcissists and just out of touch, you know, that, that someone got killed with a car, you bear macing yourself. Who gives a shit, man? Like, no. I hope you're blinded, right? Like he's yeah. taking, he was taking pictures from, you know, the hospital afterwards where he's like opening his eyes and taking a selfie and, you know, <laughs> it's like, dude, this is so fucking yeah. bizarre. So, um, I mean, it started with just like document them because they do enough ridiculous stuff and just kind of let them hang themselves with their own words. But you put your name on it right off the bat. That, that's a huge, that's a huge target on your back. That, well, that started because we had been doing the stuff where we would kind of capture, and I guess Rolling Stone in that article kind of alluded to this, um, but the progression was like doing stuff, editing their own footage, which Vic, of course, is famous for, and then archiving it on these websites. And then it got to a point where we had Cernovich leaks and milk leaks, and people had started sending in actual scoops, which the sex tape story between Laura Loomer and Mike yes. Cernovich was kind of the first big scoop that we got. And so... When it started moving into, all right, we're getting narratives that we can push that aren't bound to kind of the content that they make and being, you know, reactive what they make, mm -hmm. we can make our own creative content. Um, then we kind of needed a place to house that. And I mean, Cernovich had Cernovich Media. So literally, I think it was just Vic's idea when we started writing the uh, sex tape story after that was leaked to us that, um, you know, we could uh, kind of satirize that and make it Bernard yeah. Media. And then it kind of just turned into something. Vic was like, hey, I've been doxxed, dude. Could you please at least give me a hand here? Get doxxed as well. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it kind of all this stuff and even working with these people, because during the election, I had mostly been really fighting with like neo-Nazi type people. I made this podcast, Who is Neil? Which is really how I, you know, uh, Tim, you know, started listening to that and then, you know, retweeting it and stuff. And that was, uh, you know, Vic, of course, and Todd were really supportive of it. But that was just... um you know, from doing the auto reply stuff, there was this account, Neil Turner, that was auto replying to everything. 
Um, and so, you know, they were all legitimate anonymous neo-Nazi accounts that were using technology to kind of spread propaganda. Mm-hmm. And so I made a podcast where I would just modulate my voice and I would play all these different Nazis that I was DMing with and getting nice. in Twitter fights. And so I'd play a bunch of characters and, you know, it was fucking dark and stuff too, but also funny. And just, I was an investigator, you know, which is yeah. still carries over into all this nonsense of I'm an investigator look like, you know what I mean? So yeah. it, um... You know, it kind of, it started with that stuff. Vic, like you said, got doxxed. I mean, Cernovich went on a huge smear campaign soon after the election ended, you know, saying Vic was a pedophile ringleader on Twitter and everything. And so that's when it went from kind of the far, far right real neo-Nazis to being like, well, Vic is kind of more in the realm of like working with the Cernoviches and Alex Jones, which, you know, I mean, they're... They're far right people. I don't know if they, they they certainly hold a lot of views close to white supremacists, but there are hardcore ideological neo Nazis out there. Yeah, they're not quite Stormfront itself. Exactly. They're not like the Daily Stormer. Um, so that's, you know, when Vic got into the huge feud with uh, Cernovich, was, which was around, I believe, uh, maybe like December 2016, January 2017. Um, and, you know, Cernovich smears him as a pedophile ringleader and everything. That's uh, when, you know, I started trying to really help Vic out and got into the mix with that stuff. And then, you know, over that year, it progressed to like the leak sites. And then suddenly at that point, you know, um, you know, I was happy to put my name on it so that, of course, like Vic, you know, was getting gets blasted by these people all yeah. the time. Man. Yeah. You know, so it's like spreading I'm happy to put my name on it, make a joke out of it. And, um, you know, it even, you know, they could say all sorts of crazy shit that they say about Vic when he puts things out. So. I'm happy to take a little bit of the brunt of yeah. it. Take yeah, the yeah. flack, man. That's noble. That's that's <laughs> noble shit, dude. <laughs> that's that's kind of the backstory. That's a little bit of the backstory too, I suppose. Cool. You know, of how we got to here we are. It's, yeah. it's amazing to me that guys like Cernovich will just like randomly like call somebody a pedophile or or not even just call them a pedophile, but say that they are running a pedophile ring. I mean, you know, it's, uh, Elon Musk <laughs> just uh, did it to uh, the, one of to, the divers. To, to be thing. fair, Vic Berger oh, keeps t- making people take photos with their faces not inside the like let's say it's like hey this is a moose you can put your face in and be photographed as a moose he keeps encouraging people to stand next to those and getting their photos taken with (laughs) holes in the fucking moose face so uh, if that's not a fucking pedophile I don't. I'm just saying. I, I'm just really yeah, angry yeah. right now. Here's my point. I'm confused. It hurts the. Movement. I'm a little horny. It hurts their movement because anytime they make a crazy accusation like this, dude is running a pedophile <laughs> ring in Hollywood. Okay, uh-huh. you will find out that that is categorically not true. So to me, I, I always wonder why do you make the? Why do these guys make the? Like, I, I think maybe they, they think that they're taking a page out of, like, a, the liberal playbook. But the thing is, is usually when liberals accuse some terrible person of some horrible shit, yeah. th- there's evidence behind it. So to me, like, when you call totally. somebody, it's like the boy it who cried matter, pedophile. Though. It's the boy who cried pedophile. You know, you call, pedof- <laughs> you, you call pedophile enough nice. and people aren't going to care. Cernovich. And so when you do it finally, so when when uh, Cernovich finally exposes the real pedophiles, nobody's going to care to me it's hurting their movement i don't don't get it uh their movement but yeah i mean to be honest he's not really looking for pedophiles he's just trying to smear anybody who gets in the way of him selling brain pills he's just pedophile has replaced the word you know dumb dumb (laughs) that's what we used to say in the in the 80s i mean it's um i mean it's one of those things where with the pedophile stuff i mean one they think it's funny to a certain extent right this is a sort of weird humor of your owning the libs and Yep. You know, they, uh, there's like, even if you can say, like you were saying the quote earlier before on air about, you know, um, 
doth protest too much, yeah. right? Well, when Vic got into that, you know, argument with Cernovich and he's saying you're a pedophile ringleader or it was really that Vic, he was very careful about the wording. And this is part of the problem is that these people are cognizant of what they're doing and what mm -hmm. they're saying yeah. and are picking their words carefully because they look up to propagandists like a Steve Bannon or someone even mm -hmm. um, yeah. like an Andrew Breitbart that, you know, you pick your words because words have meaning and words have impact. And so in this case, he was very, you know, clear to say, okay, uh, Vic is a pedophile ringleader. He's palling around with a lot of pedophiles. He himself might not be a pedophile, but why is he palling around with all these pedophiles? Because they operate in a realm of plausible deniability so that if someone were to say, I'm going to sue you for a libel because you call me a pedophile. He said, well, I never called you a pedophile. I just said that you pal around with pedophiles. Yeah. So I just said that your favorite book is you know? Nabokov's Lolita and your favorite movie is Leon exactly. the Professional. Okay. <laughs> exactly. I mean, truly, exactly. So he was like, when, when Vic comes out and he says, then he argues back and says, well, of course I'm not a fucking pedophile. What are you talking about? You know, then Cernovich can say, oh, well, you know, he's, he's like claiming you know, the, he's not a pedophile. The, the video editor doth protest too much. Of or, course, you know, of the course, editor, of course. Like, yeah, you know, like, that's does, what it is. Like, right? Literally verbatim, he said that. So it's like, yeah, those are that's that's part of the problem. But it, they're it, very aware sure. that they are the shock troops. They are the, they are supposed to fall first, right? They are the kind of uh, the they are the people who delay the ability for the opposition to respond because they have yes. to first respond to like we're not pedophiles, which is absurd and and scurrilous. But it doesn't matter. The technique is. Uh, a kind of astroturf technique, right? Which, which, yeah, it's like, oh, we're going to spend our time talking about this instead of like something more important. Yeah, it's, it's effective. It's crazy because yeah. there are now there are now words that I, I that I'm just learning like. Um, sea lioning and what was the one that you just that you just said the, i'm not sure what sea lioning is but what? there are all of these these ter there's this terminology yeah. around arguing somebody on the internet that like never existed oh, before yeah. like there are these like techniques mm -hmm. that actually have names that don't get you anywhere yeah. but it is like it's like a way to muddy the waters of a conversation yes. it's it's yeah. it's it's so weird yeah. it's no, and, so and, weird. and we'll touch on that a little bit later uh we're going to talk about vladislav surkov and and where some of this muddying of the water comes from intellectually but first i want to say you know it's pretty impressive that bernard media started a bit as a joke and then ended up getting some of these real scoops you know you ended up becoming almost by chance an investigative uh, uh, journalist and what are <laughs> yeah. what are the scoops that you're most proud of and, and why hmm well i mean i guess i would have to say the sex tape scoop is one that you know i guess was the first bernard media scoop and that you know just to be clear that came from the origin story of that was i was out for drinks with a couple of you know legitimate journalists i don't consider myself a journalist by any way shape or form but you know they brought this up earlier in the night and, uh, you know, they're talking about at this point, it was like milk leaks and kind of Cernovich leaks. It was like towards the tail end of that. Um, it was after, you know, Jack Posibic in January had just been caught cheating on Bumble, mm -hmm. which, you know, is a huge kind of meme and joke. Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, that that's kind of leaked down. Um, but those that was a legitimate leak that came from, you know, people that couldn't write about it in, you know, more mainstream, serious yeah. outlets. And that was, you know, kind of the first place where we could see BM taking scoops that weren't, you know, kind of looking at found footage or looking at old tweets and, you know, being like, look at this ridiculous thing. This is something that people hadn't heard before. 
Yeah. Um, the the uh, the other funny thing I was gonna say really quick is the the fact that Poseidon got caught on Bumble is, is such a funny thing because Bumble is actually the most cucked dating app because you you have to wait for the girl to message you so it totally goes against all of their like alpha male like bullshit like <laughs> yeah, he did you oh you're not even man enough to like send the first message like dog you're on Bumble like you're Hell's waiting enough. yeah so, then he got subsequently banned from Bumble but that that also is funny because I had a. I had a tweet that went viral about the Bumble Jack thing, which was literally a week and a half before I found out about the Cernovich sex tape. So I also had kind of concerns around that because that was the first like Bernard Media stuff of, oh God, am I going to get kind of pigeonholed or are people going to think I'm some fucking TMZ sort of reporter? Um, that's, I mean, that's a scoop that, you know, certainly proud of and did a lot of stories around and caused a ton of drama. Obviously it's you know, still causes some drama and bullshit with Loomer and Cernovich and everyone. And, you know, I've had conversations with them and text messages and emails that are just totally fucking insane. The thing is with these people, I've interacted with all these people um, privately. They interact with journalists that then, you know, I talk to messages about, right? So like I have intermediaries that we talk through. It's, it's fucking bizarre, man. Like I could have, if I were to tell you, three years ago or whatever, when I started making just kind of content around here that I'd be texting with Mike Cernovich. I don't even know who the fuck Mike Cernovich was back then. Yeah. You know, we're like, it's, it's fascinating. Just, it's really, it's bizarre, bizarre stuff. And they've put out, you know, huge smear campaigns against me after this stuff saying that I'm a sexual harasser that will summer if you know him, because yeah. he shared the tweet and everything. When I first put out the first sex tape story, Lulu's did a tweet. And then I had, when I first, so when I first um, got in touch with Cernovich, his lawyer answered me back through email. If you guys had, have you guys heard about this? Uh, uh, no. Please go on. No, tell us. Okay. So I first, I find out about this story, right? You know, from a legit journalist, I go and get it. I say, I tell Vic almost immediately that night. I'm like, holy shit. You know, this is hilarious. Basically it was my first inclination. Then I was like, oh, it's a little bit sorted. It is a sex tape after all. I was like, fuck it, I'm still going to put it out because it's too funny. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, I went and to do the background research to be you know, an investigator, you should go and talk to your sources. So I emailed Cernovich, and he was the first one that I talked to. Before we put out the story or anything, I emailed Cernovich because I want to comment on that. I found that, that you have a sex tape with a mistress. It's within the, within the last 18 months. What do you have to say about this? And I get a reply from his lawyer, Mark Randaza, who's this total piece of shit, free speech lawyer that represents Andrew Anglin and Cernovich and neo-Nazis that want to be able to, Alex Jones, for instance, in the Sandy Hook defamation case. I mean, he just takes these people. He's like, you should be able to say whatever you want. So, yeah. you know, I'm going to defend your first amendment rights. Right. And so he, um, he replies to me and he says, Mr. Cernovich has gotten your message. And I have a email tracking service so I can see how many times people open emails and everything. So I see Cernovich opened it about 12 to 15 times before the lawyer opens it. So they're going back and forth. I can see just forwarding it to each other and wow. looking at this email I send. Mm. And he uh, replies back and he goes, Mr. Cernovich doesn't know what you're talking about. But long story short, at the very end, he quotes it and says, if there is a sex tape, with Mr. Cernovich, like with Mr. Cernovich as a co-star, I would assume it's somewhat old material. A co-star, so, co-star, a fucking yeah. co-star. He doesn't even give himself the yeah. fucking top billing. 
I'm just no. depressed that he thinks someone stars in whatever his fuck tapes are. <laughs> and so he's backing that, you know, he's like, but it must be somewhat old material. So he's basically like, and he's, then he says something about watch out. You should talk to counsel about revenge porn. If you have plans of putting this out. Oh, so yeah. I read it. I just laugh my ass off, you know, cause it's, it's one we're emailing at like 1am in the morning and two, yeah. it's also like, holy shit, this is hilarious. He's basically saying there's a tape. And well, so th- th- to be fair, there are thousands yeah. of women out there waiting to see some guy with tiny eyes too close to each other fucking some <laughs> lifeless idiot Barbie <laughs> right wing mouth. Yeah, piece. I think that there's like a niche um, that category is, for that. That is just the amount of women that just honk that. off to that shit is fucking through oh, the yeah. roof. All the women are waiting for Cernovich's fucking schlong to get, just get out there. It's like no one wants to see that shit. <laughs> and so... Um, yeah, I send that to him. And then of course we put that, you know, in the articles and everything, put that quote in. And then Will Summer subsequently puts that out with the quote of that, you know, kind of tweet and says, oh, it's with the article. He says, it's ha ha ha. Basically look at what this lawyer said. This guy's an idiot and just yeah. quotes the lawyer, which is from the article. And literally for months and months past then, anytime that they decide it's, uh, or we do have a viral tweet or something, Vic or I that trolls him or Loomer or someone, it's, Nathan's a sexual harasser. Will Summer is putting cameras in the bathroom of the Daily Beast because he's a fucking pervert and sharing, <laughs> you know, soliciting revenge porn and shit. So they would do crazy stuff like that and smear them. And, you know, there's tons of backs and forth that Rolling Stone had with Cernovich about him calling me a hoaxer and that um, soliciting revenge porn. And, mm-hmm. you know, that Will Summer is asking for dick pics of Cernovich and everything. Um, you know, he they tweet about that stuff whenever they feel like it. Basically. Of course so they'll go on smear campaigns and... Um, do whatever. That was the first scoop, most mm-hmm. important scoop. Another one that um, I'm definitely very proud of is, uh, you know, the Ben Shapiro Quebec mosque shooting. Yes. Scoop. Uh, earlier in 2017, uh, there was a mass shooting in a Quebec City mosque, which um, was by this guy, Alexander Bizonette. Uh, six people were killed. And he uh, was like a Trump guy and everything. And during the prosecution's discovery process, it came to light, there was this document that came out that as they're going through the kid's computer, or not kid, you know, he was about 28 years old, they're going through his computer, and they found, you know, that he frequently visited a number of Twitter profiles, and Ben Shapiro, like far right, you know, Twitter profiles, and Ben Shapiro was by far the most trafficked of Mm -hmm. any of these people leading up to the shooting. Yeah. And so... You know, and like Cernovich was on, it was like a who's who's list of all these people that we've yeah. been trolling and covering and looking at. And this, I think, was April of this year. So this was pretty close to when I made the Bernard Media website and everything, which I think was in May, maybe. I made the site and started posting there. Yeah. Um, so on Twitter, you know, we had seen this stuff. And I put out a tweet essentially saying, you know, um, Paul Joseph Watson, Ben Shapiro, Cernovich uh, have blood on their hands because... Yep. This guy looked at their profile frequently, was obsessively researching Shapiro's profile or something and these other people, and then went and shot up a fucking mosque and killed six people. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, I mean, Shapiro yeah. has literally posted about how Palestinians uh, like to live in open sewage. Uh, you know, I mean, the guy is the guy is known for his uh, dehumanization of populations that, that are already oh, yeah. in, you know, in a kind of vulnerable situation he's pretty much a monster he's a pig i mean you know it's just like he says things like there's 680 million radical muslims in the world and Mm -hmm. that they're going to kill anyone that doesn't think like president obama and that they're at your doorstep there's 500,000 of them in fact in north america alone that 
are basically ready to behead you at the first chance. And so we see that this kid had trafficked Shapiro's profile. I put out that tweet. Ben then quote tweets me and tells me to go fuck myself. No um, way. <laughs> the the yeah. king of logic strikes back. Yeah, I mean, he kind of lost his cool, right? He was like, he was like, if you think I had anything to do with the shooting, go. He was like, go fuck yourself. And I was like, whoa, you know, a little spicy. I mean, if your ideas are that we're under attack from Muslims and then the guy goes and shoots up a mosque, I mean. Again, another opportunity to like maybe like have an opportunity to be like, hey, man, like, no, this was a fucking tragedy. Like if yeah, I, you know, I'm going to pull back my language. I'm going to change the way that I interact with society. Seriously. Exactly. There is no fucking there's no fucking taking of responsibility. Do these guys not have angry moms or angry dads because i know i i, I know i'm still i'm yeah. I'm, I'm in I, I won't dox myself i'm in my mid-30s and i still before i do everything i go oof like would my parents yell at me for that that's Lollipop. that's crazy dude do you feel weird yeah. like do you feel <laughs> yes weird? every day hold on no no I, i'm i'm oh do i feel weird you know yeah. we collectively we collectively i think i think anybody that's interested in this type of stuff but is also interested in the hilarity and absurdity of it like coming from it from that angle and you watch all these guys and you see their shit is it weird getting close to them like interacting with them and like emailing with their lawyers and like you're like one step away from this like weird thing like what does that feel like was it weird when you had to french kiss ben shapiro for your story (laughs) (laughs) oh i would love to kiss like do you feel like you're i would actually a hundred percent make out with ben shapiro do you feel (laughs) here's here i guess ben come on the show and 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 make out with me I guess the interesting version of my question is, do you ever feel like you could potentially put yourself in danger by by pushing the wrong button with the wrong Yeah, have you had any repercussions? I mean, you've talked about this kind of smear campaign online, but... Um, I mean, it's stuff like this Shapiro thing and doing that. I mean, I'll I'll close up that. Like After that, we cut together some videos of him and the shooter together um, and like kept the story going, and Ben eventually had to go on Fox News and put out a couple of hit pieces... On myself and Vic, um, one of which wow. only referred to me as snot rag in this thing in the Free Beacon, which is this fucking conservative, just bullshit rag, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it well. <laughs> yeah, so what I'll a, send you the article after. But it's that guy, Alex Griswold or whatever. He's just some yeah. loafer wearing fucking douche. And, you know, it's like, that's who is the people at. Whenever Shapiro, whenever we get into a little fight with Shapiro, Twitchy, which is this garbage outlet, always writes a couple of articles mm-hmm. like free beacon did in that case. And then this escalated to the point of where the videos were getting hundreds of thousands of views that we edited and put together. Right. And so to combat the narrative, he eventually has to go on Fox news on Laura's Ingram show, uh, Laura Ingram show and say that he definitely didn't incite the Quebec city mosque <laughs> shooting. Um, and you know, the, the name of the, what's it called? The free beacon article was the dangerous watering down of incitement and stuff. Mm, um, so right. people are using this word too much incitement. All that you're saying is that, listen, I'm, I'm sure he has to say and deny everything because he doesn't want any legal recourse to come back on him, or he doesn't want to be caught in any of these potential things where he's actually an accessory to murder or is inciting legally. You know, it's clear that the kid yeah. got some inspiration just not from Ben, from all the people yeah. on that list. I'm being like, not like my fucking cynical, just asshole trolling self. It's like, you know, if everyone on that list had something to do with it, was it solely because of them? No. But 
you know, you should take some guilt and you should take some responsibility yeah. and you should at least yeah. reflect on what you're doing. If your thoughts, right, is the whole point. Uh, yeah, if, the, if what you're spreading is the, the idea that these people are incredibly dangerous and that they're, you know, putting the country in a vulnerable position, it's like take up arms is the next logical step. I mean, Alex Jones does it all the time. Ben Shapiro, they're all, you know, very like pro gun. Well, so I don't know. It all ties together. It's and like, did you guys hear? I'm not sure if you read the articles around. We did trolling of the Proud Boys and Gavin McGinnis, basically. Yeah. And so this, I guess, is a good evolution of BM, too, because after the Shapiro stuff, you know, uh, I made the website eventually. I built the website, which took, you know, a day or two to make and just made it in the vein of all these other kind of bullshit, you know, websites that are low rent, kind right, of shitty the raggy, looking yeah. and everything. Like Gateway Pundit. Gateway Pundit and um, w uh, what's the other one? The, the um, Drudge Report? Uh, conservative Treehouse. They all look and, like shit. Uh, the thing oh, that's yeah. consistent with the right is they the yeah. they have no graphic designer love. They have love. no graphic design. Yeah, it's amazing. They, it's amazing. <laughs> it's the, amazing. Yeah, the sites look like GeoCities from like fucking, you know, yeah. a long time ago. It's so, I always think yeah. that that's so funny. So that brings me to the idea that the tone of BM is often aligned with right-wing online publications and tabloid-style reporting. The design pretty much seems willfully naive. Is this a case of weaponizing their style against them? Like, how did you decide on that tone and style? Um, I mean, I don't know about weaponizing necessarily. I mean, it would, it definitely was meant to mimic the style right. of, from writing the articles of it to, you know, the design, the actual web mm -hmm. design of it. At, at some point in time, I think I will spruce up the site as we kind of move forward here and keep doing it. Cause now the site has been around for almost half a year, yeah. I suppose. And, um, you know, at some point I need to kind of break it down into what I want it to be, which isn't just verified, unverified, yeah. you know, the who knows. I want to break it into different categories and stuff, and I'll probably redesign it legitimately at yeah. some point. I mean, yeah. I do kind of like it being low rent, but some people don't get that fully, you know, and then I get mixed up. I actually, this started as comedy. You know, exactly. I mean, it really it, is it, it started as it started as comedy. That's the root. I, obviously, it has grown into this other thing, which is which is just like you said, it's you didn't kind of expect that to happen. But no. I, I don't know. I, I, I think that maybe there is some value in keeping some of the schlockiness of it, because that is yeah. where this started. And it and it's true to the roots of the you know, it's true to the roots of the site. And it also exactly. you know, it's like you said, it's it's one of those things where it's like. You're, you're playing in this like more fun gray area. Like obviously people know where you stand on your values. They know that you're not like a – I can tell talking to you just for 30 minutes that you're not a piece of shit. Like I, I don't know. Maybe there's <laughs> – Strong know, words from our co-host here. Yeah, and I know pieces <laughs> of shit. Let me tell you. I'm sitting next to one. <laughs> so yeah, you mentioned the, the categories nice. on your website. Currently verified uh, is for investigated – investigated claims who knows is for rumors being investigated and lastly who cares is for unsubstantiated rumors that you aren't really investigating uh but it, like you said you know it seems like you're heading towards the verified section it seems like you're more interested in the the real scoops uh just because in the last few months that's where the heavy posting has occurred is that a sign of where bernard media is heading yeah i mean i just i just have been tossing everything in there because i was kind of just like fuck it like everything's verified you know like yeah if it's I, i'm the one writing the article so it's yeah it's verified if i say it's verified essentially mm -hmm. yeah uh, but it also was um you know go back also to kind of the things that leaked into the real world this also ties into when i made um, those sections and there's a i suppose a cool backstory to why those sections came about sure. as well um that involves tim and stuff so that would be of interest yeah um when when i started thinking about like breaking up the site and everything um and doing that we had 
got in a couple of one in particular really awesome we call them bm molds but they're basically just sources that are on yeah. the other side that started feeding us really funny legitimate scoops yeah. and everything yeah and like private dm conversations and footage that hadn't been seen before um and just kind of if there was a big drama that happens we were starting to get the inside scoop of how they were reacting to it behind the scenes so that we could kind of plan and push certain buttons and everything that would create a little bit more kind of outrage. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, that's, you know, when we started doing that, um, you know, one of the big things, the first kind of scoops that we got from sources and everything was uh, we found a researcher that was like, you know, had known people that were in the Proud Boys and everything and had watched over 100 episodes of Gavin McGinnis's show and had sent us a lot of found footage of him saying the N-word and him showing his asshole on air, him pulling out his dick on air, you know, him shoving a butt plug up his ass. You know, so it's things that aren't really making any political statement. No, that's, that's no actually like... a statement for the nuclear family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> shoving this giant butt plug up my ass to own the libs. Yeah, trad life, man. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, like... We were putting out stuff like that, and um, we got all this footage, and Vic and I were like, we have to do something with it. Uh, so Vic made a couple of edits. I wrote an article in the BM, um, on the BM site and everything, and it was like, Gavin McGinnis pulls out penis live on air, is likely to be fired. Um, and then Vic cut together a couple of videos of him just, you know, dramatic music, him shoving the butt plug up his ass, him pulling out his dick on air and wagging it around and everything, saying it looks like a deflated balloon. And so, or like a clown balloon or something. Yeah, technically And correct. we put those out. Yeah, well, when we, when we thought, it's like, this is just like jokes and stuff. This isn't, you know, we're just, this, you guys said this, we're just making you look like assholes. So it's back to just the age old stuff that we have been doing. Um, is he likely to be fired? Who really knows? And so, yeah. you know, he, he certainly should be, right? And he definitely pulled his penis out on air. That's the tabloid style that, that, that you've perfected on BM is the, always the extra yeah. thing of like, looks like he won't be renewed, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like something might happen, man. Yeah, bad <laughs> stuff's so, probably going to happen in this person. Yeah, he's likely to be fired, um, sources say. And so then, like, you know, we put out that, and I guess it was a week after that, uh, Vic got an email sent to him from someone that was in these kind of Proud Boyd message groups and everything, and they said, hey, listen, um, they're really not happy with these videos that you guys have put out and everything. They've actually made a call in these private groups. Here's the call to action, which is dox these people, dox their families. Show up to their house, uh, Don't right? do anything. Yeah, well, exactly. It led to that eventually, but it was like, you know, don't do anything stupid like knife somebody, but send them a bunch of pizzas. And then suddenly uh, that happens. And then uh, we found out after the fact that that same day that that you know, leaked to us, there was people posting in my replies that my address in Brooklyn and everything, because I was living in Brooklyn at the time, and like they were putting out just addresses of names, family members, you name it. So they were like putting all this stuff out, and we didn't see that when it first happened. We got this email, we said, oh, it's probably just internet bullshit. Stuff like this happens, frankly. And so then uh, a couple days later, a proud boy who's not much of a boy at all. He was in his mid forties, late fifties, like, like not like he was like 50 or something, you know, he's a full grown divorced man. Oh, he was, he was a large adult son, a large adult son, <laughs> a large, again, large adult son. <laughs> making yep. all the moves so in he, society. Uh, he drove all the way down from Massachusetts and came to Vic's door and knocked on his door at like 12 o'clock on Monday and said, Hey man, you know, 
uh, are you Vic Berger? And he was super, super nervous. And Vic said, yeah, who the fuck is this guy? And then said, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm from Proud Boys. We're not happy with these videos. You're making a Gavin and everything. You should really stop, man. You're, you're, you're hurting a lot of people. And then Vic says, get the fuck out of my house. And so, you know, pushed him out of the house, spits in his face. The guy's trying to, like, record him and stuff. And eventually, you know, we found out who he was. This guy, Kenneth Lazardo. Um, you know, again, you know, probably 50-something years old. Um, and, like, he'd spend his day going down and doing that. And that was the first time that... There's been doxing and everything online, but things have kind of creeped into the real world, yeah. well, right? And, and all it and takes is one. All it takes is just one, takes one, crazy one guy, you know? Yeah. Who, who uh, actually, all it takes crazy. is a literal call to action. Like, I'm sorry, but you can't but just no, say, what, hey, but, it's one crazy guy. It's yeah. like they are, they are encouraging the entire community. Of course, they must know that some people are, you know, like have free time on their hands and are willing to do something. Yeah, well, what I was, what I was going to say exactly. is, is it, for it to turn dangerous, um, because who knows, the, uh, of all the people, there's definitely one or two guys that are sitting out or sitting around wanting to beat somebody up or wanting to hurt somebody. They don't know that it's you yet. Yeah. They don't know that it's you until they're told that it's you. Jake, I want to say these are yep. strong words from someone who has shown their asshole on this show, taken out their dick, <laughs> and also shoved in and out a butt plug to own the lips. I'm so. trying to take my own my own advice of, of decrying the things that uh, make me look bad. Yeah. Well, we will <laughs> never publish that. And if Bernard Media ever fucking scoops Jake's asshole... We will be suing. No, never, you won't be able to see. Never, There's too never. much hair in the way. <laughs> Literally, yeah, we'll be. It, from, it'll I'll be hear from your guys' counsel. It'll be like looking into. Have you seen those videos on YouTube where the, where they're like it looks like a fucking dust bunny, and then somebody <laughs> pokes it with a stick, and it's actually and it's actually just like thousands of daddy long legs, and they fucking crawl yeah. out and go everywhere, and, and the people in the video are like, oh, oh my god! You heard it here first. His asshole is thousands of daddy long legs pretending to be an asshole. Yep. Hell yeah, that's a great description. Basically, that stuff had been happening where we had been getting some actual scoops and there had been pure satirical stuff that I had done. Um, I had met Tim. He had been up to date with the things that Vic and I had been doing um, with fighting Cernovich and the trolling on Twitter and whatnot. And then he had seen that the website started. He had known about the sex tape story and everything. I had been following it and had mixed feelings on it um, from kind of what I had gotten from Vic. Uh, you know, like the sex tape story, if you're looking at it objectively, it's sorted kind of stuff. You're putting out a story about a sex tape. Yeah, so we met in New York, then we talked about everything, then we got on a call at the end of that week with me, Vic, and Tim. I kind of explained that things were happening and they were purely satirical and they were meant to be purely satirical, like me going into a Cernovich super fan's basement and doing an interview with him. That was my friend's, that was a scripted, you know, bit that we did in his basement and then edited it to be crazy. And I like doing that, and I also like doing the real stuff where we're getting real scoops and people are sending us found footage and everything. And I never wanted it to be too jokey and stuff that we couldn't be taken seriously. But I was talking to Tim, and it's like, what should we do, basically? Because we want to be able to do both. And that kind of, it's not like an onion where everything is satire, and you can just take it right. that it's mm -hmm. satire. You know, but it's also not, we're not doing 100% just you yeah. know, hard hitting real scoops. It's entirely unique on the left, what you're doing. It feels, I mean, it's a it's a tough spot and we can get into a little bit of that. Like it's tough because, you know, then Tim came up with the idea of the different, you know, the different sections on the spot and was mm -hmm. like, you should have some sort of categorization to it if you want to keep doing both. And he says, well, I think you should be focused on like doing the real stuff and the, like the stuff that you can still dunk on people and write funny stories and write it in a funny way in a funny format, but it should be bound in reality and you can get serious scoops that can have real impact. 
And, you know, we have people now that are moles because he was really intrigued by the moles that we were getting that were sending us scoops and everything um, and think this stuff is funny, obviously. So, yeah, that's that's kind of like where we landed with it and everything. So that's the story of, you know, why it, I'm certainly influenced by Tim and Vic, you know, um, is a daily collaborator and I'm highly influenced by him. He's yeah. an inspiration. Um, so it's like, you know, when those things kind of push it in a certain direction, uh, yeah. there's conversations like that, that, you know, people I really, really respect and look up to that. It's like, yeah, well, maybe this is the way to go. One thing that I, that I think <laughs> that the, that the left definitely owns the right on, on, you know, un, unequivocally is comedy. Yeah. They're not funny on the, the right. Comedy <laughs> just, and no. the content creation is really good is yeah. is really good i mean there's i mean look at look at the guys that you have who are these sort of stars of the of the alt right media it's guys like uh, pjw and cernovich and Pasa- yeah. like those guys are and and shapiro like they're not funny they're, they're not s- they're the opposite of funny they yeah, really yeah are. they're the opposite no. like if you met those guys at a party like if you met, uh, you know <laughs> if you met those guys at a party you'd I be like oh man that. what a fucking douche like i'm gonna yeah. try i'm gonna try to bum like two more cigs off them and then that's it like let's fucking go like <laughs> let's go like smoke a bowl in the back or whatever but like <laughs> that's the thing is none of those and and i guess that we should be glad that there's nobody that's really charismatic and hilarious it, like and even in the celebrity world you've got like James Woods and like no Jesus you know what I mean like it's really dismal they, in terms they, of comedy they, they, they're yeah, not in funny. terms of comedy like yeah. there, they there don't have a sense is of humor. nothing no. and I think that a lot of the ways that like the left can win over some people that maybe aren't like fully mm-hmm. like hooked into the right y- thing is with comedy yeah. and is with you know people Definitely. who you know is with people who are char- charismatic who seem to make sense you know i'm not talking about like the colberts who are like you know just like 100% built fucking, into the system yeah built into the system like 100% trump spam like all the time but yep. the right does not have anybody the right like doesn't that. have a chapo they, they don't, don't have, have a chapo. funny show they don't no. have yeah uh, so i do think that there there is it turns out there's actually not that much Funny humor. humor to be had around bombing foreign countries, right. making <laughs> exactly. women subservient to men, hating homosexuals, trying to get women to not be able to have abortions. There's nothing that funny about yeah, that. But even if they're not, exactly. if they don't subscribe to all of like the hard right right shit, like you know, there still isn't. They don't have that guy, mm-hmm. and and maybe their sense of humor just sucks. So like they do think people like Stephen Crowder and like Ben Shapiro are like hilarious or whatever. So maybe it's like uh. a totally moot point. Yeah, but that it will always it will always be like that. It's more just of a matter of like we could we could always do a sex tape story. We could always do a Bumble Jack story. Yeah, you know we can always you can always you would take a picture just like we did the other week of Jack Posobiec was outside Shake Shack at eight a.m. in the morning. And it's like, well, he's probably living and working at a Shake Shack. <laughs> yeah. you know? I love it. I love That's that article. Yeah. Yeah. Verified. Yeah. Can I always do stuff like that? Verified. Yeah. Exactly. Verified. Confirmed. But I, but I like I like the skits too, the stuff where that, that is that is scripted and written. But I, I come yeah. from that world too. So I'm I I'm yeah. partial. I'm partial to that. I love that, that shit. too. And you know, I never, you know, I didn't have any media goals or something like that. You know, like I've grown up working in tech and everything. I right. never you know, I'm I'm happy just that I can have a small audience on Twitter that through these people I can show kind of my sense of humor yeah. and yeah. and make be creative. Kind of like I said in the beginning, before I was in weird Twitter and all this stuff, I didn't even know this there is a world of this. So yeah. it's just been kind of like I'm meeting a lot of people that would be my friends. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's kind of how right. I felt about it. That's that's always the best part is is finding people that 
Because it's tough. You don't necessarily align with like the Judd Apatow, like, well, fuck you. Well, your mom's fuck a whore. Well, well, your mom's such a whore that she sucked my dick. Well, dude, your your dick can't. <laughs> your dick is is so unsucked that it, it can't it can't be sucked. So so go fuck yourself. Like if you don't fall into exactly. that kind of like that like nailed it like kind of hu- I, I I call them yeah. crash and burns, but like that kind of humor. Um, you you oftentimes can be left wondering like oh man like is there yeah. a space for me and like how I feel like I yeah. felt I felt like that when I first heard man. when I when I first heard Chapo I found like that I was like oh my yeah, god these like these guys are funny I was like these these guys are really funny but they're also like they're also ruthless in their um in their humor aimed at both sides like yeah. like well they're humanists yeah. and they're not gonna forgive crimes against humanity on either right. side and guess what both are very active obviously the right is but they're pure villainous and the left is like a yeah. corrupt uh you know kind of uh, oligarchy definitely um and i when i say left i mean democratic party and and establishment. it's like stuff like you know there's chapo and there's bernard media and stuff like that i mean we're those are totally different things for sure, but mm-hmm. could fall in the same realm of weird Twitter joking. Definitely. And you know, I think humor is a great entry point to get deeper into politics and your own political beliefs, but I don't feel that BM by any way, shape, or form necessarily is the person to, you know, say that you should be a democratic socialist or something. I think if you find a lot of people that agree with that sense of humor and that culture, that maybe you could on your own accord go and learn mm-hmm. more about that. Yeah. It's more like it's comedy and culture and, you know, like that Rolling Stone piece, for instance, not to like point to that to what BM ultimately is or will be or anything, but that was a culture piece. That wasn't a politics piece. You know, no, that was yeah. in their culture section. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, all those things. And, you know, it's been, BM has been covered and profiled in like Huffington Post also, which was for politics stuff, and Daily Beast too, which was yeah. for politics stuff. I think you confuse people a little bit. Yeah, and that's that's part of the, you know, I think that's, um, that's part of the issue yeah. potentially is that, you know, I don't want to be seen as someone that is a super ultra politically oriented person because yeah. frankly, I'm not. You know, I'm not that I'm not that person. I'm a person that will make a joke about a Ben Shapiro or someone or see something that just pisses me off, frankly, about, you know, online about Ben Shapiro, like the mosque and just be like, dude, you're such a piece of shit. And then we'll go on a, you know, Twitter rant and make content around it out of either frustration or wanting to, you know, hopefully be entertaining. Yeah, a, sen- a sense of injustice, a sense of that yeah. this is not a good path for us. Well, yeah, it's like when something like affects yeah. you a certain way and you want to go and like write in your journal about it, like that's your fucking journal you go on and you're like, nah, this is how I feel about that shit. So Rolling Stone, yeah. speaking of that article, they subtitled their article, Bernard and his buddies are beating Mike Cernovich, Baked Alaska, and other far-right personalities at their own sordid online games. But how low is too low? Uh, this struck me as pretty funny. It seems to fall in line with the neoliberal establishment's obsession with politeness and procedure. Do you often get this criticism of like, have you gone too low? Are, are, are you just like them now? And, and what do you think of this kind of criticism? Yeah, I mean, I had mentioned it earlier about how, you know, I was very hesitant because on that call with Tim also, uh, you know, I had just been starting to get hit up by press, essentially. Mm-hmm, yeah. And this was around... February and March, the press started reaching out to me, um, you know, numerous press hits from pretty big, big places like the Rolling Stone and all that stuff. And I didn't really know how to handle that, frankly, of doing that. I had done the Vice piece and I had been featured in some other places, which 
was for something that was a lot different of, I was building the bots and I was making the podcast to fight Nazis and anyone can get behind that and really say, obviously fucking punch a Nazi, do whatever, right? Like they're Nazis. But this was something that was just a little bit more of a gray area and for whatever reason felt like more personally exposing to me uh, and how people were reading it because I really didn't know how people were reading it and what their reaction to was you know, what their reaction to the content was and everything that I was putting out on Twitter. And, you know, Vic was sharing and helping me make and everything. Um, so, you know, when I talked to Timmy, essentially said, and Vic said the same, was basically fuck the press. Don't talk to the press, you know, was what they wanted to say. And I Hell mean, yeah. Timmy, if you look at his old interviews and everything, you know, his persona has certainly changed as he has done interviews now. He will be himself more so mm-hmm. um, but he definitely would do tons of interviews in character and oh, yeah. just wouldn't give his opinions just basically say fuck yourself you know i'm making content that i think is funny yeah i don't know as long as i think it's funny yeah and i enjoy doing it then i don't know you shit and so i basically was like hell yeah i agree with that <laughs> fuck yeah. these people um because then you know for whatever reason i started before that well before that i had done initial calls with one, I had started getting concerned about it um, and wanted to ask him about it because New Yorker had hit me up during that period of time. And, you know, they were kind of asking the stuff of how low is too low. And uh, the guy asked me because he was thinking about doing a profile. And I literally told him, like, fuck off at the end of the call because he had said, he was like, yeah, so it's basically like a Breitbart for the left and everything. Like, it's, it's just uh. like that, you know, wasn't really... It's like, dude, that's, I'm trying to make fun of that. Like, well, for one, I am not funded <laughs> by any yeah, fucking large interest yeah. groups. And you're also, you're calling it as you see it. There's things are happening. You're taking a look. How, you know, how is this reflected? Yeah. It's, it's not, there's not some sort of overarching Breitbart sort of agenda. A clear agenda in the yeah, culture war. Exactly. Exactly. And it's also, Breitbart's not fucking funny. There's nothing never. funny. Breitbart's not was never trying to be funny in anything that he did. There was no goal. Of, uh, you know, I think you underestimate the comedic <laughs> potential of such articles as uh, most Mexican women trying to cross the border get raped. Uh, you know, exactly. great stuff like that. Comedy confirms ninety percent of illegal immigrants will rape someone in the next year. It's like, yeah, that shit's not fucking funny. Like sources say, dude, no, like that doesn't it doesn't have anything to do with it. And the sex tape story had come out at that point and. That had gotten people questioning whether I had totally fabricated that and just made that up or mm-hmm. what was going on with that because I'd gotten a slew yeah. of people from media asking me about it in my DMs. And then the calls and stuff started happening. And I just told that guy, you know, the guy from where I was like, dude, fuck off. Like, I'm not, I'm not talking to you. Get fucked, bud. Yeah. You know, I was like, fuck this. Um, and so. Yeah, um, get fucked. So, because the, 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 the truth is yeah. that these media people are not interested uh, in anything except being able to say shit like this is the Breitbart of the left. Like they exactly. aren't trying to understand the subtlety. They're not trying to understand intent. They come in there with prefabricated ideas and they have such a limited, uh, you know, impression of what the left can and can't do, which is, you know, oh, we, if we're being impolite, if we're breaking procedure, uh, then how dare we? We're, we're no better than them. Even though the, the right has been pragmatic and so goal oriented, they've pushed through so much and yet the left still thinks that it's all about, um, you know, how polite we are to each other in the process. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you know, being mean to people online is fucking funny. Like, you know, it's like, these are huge targets. 
I, like be mean. It's funny. Who cares? Like being mean is funny. Yeah. And these people are highly visible and they're trying to get their opinions out there. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but they are a fair game by far. Oh, totally. And so I, I'm, I'm fair game also. Like anyone on the internet that's saying yeah. fucking anything is fair game. So basically when I got off the call with that guy, I just said, uh, yeah, everything is real that I've put out. And if you want to know differently, like you can contact me or something. And I was like, fuck you. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I, at that point, the Rolling Stone guy was wanting to do calls. He was insistent on doing calls. Um, and, you know, Huffington Post, this guy that I was cool with and still am cool with, Luke O'Brien, um, wanted to do a piece on what Vic and I were doing. Um, and then, like, CNN had hit me up to do some stuff. It was, like, all these people that started getting in contact. I was like, oh, I don't want to even, like, I don't want to wade down this mire because i just don't give a shit like you know what i mean no because what they're <laughs> trying to do is 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 somehow give some backup to what trump was saying after charlottesville which is like well there's the extreme right but there's also the extreme left look at this man exactly Bernard. it is it is not in their exactly. it, it well it is yeah. everything in their interest to escalate. play both sides and they, to escalate yeah, because that gets escalate. that gets clicks that gets because they know that the people they know that like hardcore libs are checking into cnn because they that's the truth. And and because CNN is under, you know, is under fire from Trump, oh, it must be, you know, they must be over the target. And conversely, the people who hate CNN are checking in because they go, I want to see what the fabricated, I want to see what the narrative is, you know? It's like, and CNN knows that, and they're playing to both fucking sides. So to keep things moving, a lot of the QAnon community has migrated to a Twitter clone called Gab. Um, and it vote. It seems like you beefed with them on Twitter recently. What happened there? Oh, oh, the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've gotten... Like, I come from the tech world and everything, so I, I also, you know, and I have very, that's a whole different conversation of just kind of my views or my thoughts on tech and Silicon Valley and all that nonsense, but, you know, the guy Andrew Torba, I know kind of what his deal is from that, and then also, he's obviously spends a lot of time on Twitter instead of his own website, Gab, just because Gab is essentially unusable, but the other day, uh, in a series of just progressively bad choices that will certainly bottom out their website sometime soon, they probably spent thousands of dollars from these people that are, you know, crowdfunding their website, took that money, went and spent it on a plain airplane ad, which is just so yes. fucking old school and no one can see it from the yeah. ground. They had it saying join Gab or something. It was flying around the Twitter HQ. And I don't know. I can't remember what I said. It was just said something. Dumb. They had they had to take like some immensely blurry photo of it and then post it next to a picture <laughs> yeah. of the sky in which a yeah. tiny ant like shape is seen in the beautiful. white. And they were like, "Man, we really made waves today." And then I think you made some comment, and then they bitchily quote tweeted you. He retweeted me. He quote tweeted me. What did I say? I just said, "Well, I saw the I saw the tweet come out within a minute because I'd been looking at them that day their feed because they had been kind of alluding that they were doing some." some media thing like this yeah. and you know then there is also a live stream where they're trying to get a shot of it and they just can't even see it from the ground and the guy keeps missing it and it's just yeah. totally embarrassing weird and then he ends up macing himself <laughs> yeah, he maces himself um but yeah so it's like you know uh i had seen that then i just said yeah they probably spent that they spent thousands of dollars on this laughing my ass off and then they just quote tweeted saying something along the lines got of, you to mention it uh yeah, it's like, well, you did it, so it's priceless that you posted it. And it's like, one, damn, if if someone with as small a following as me is like your goal to retweet this and you spent thousands of dollars on that, shit, that's really pathetic. 
Um, two is like, dude, no one can see that stuff. No one is going to join your website from that. You just blew thousand dollars. Three, I'm happy to post about you being a Nazi literally any day of the week. Like, <laughs> no problem. Because that was in my they read they quote tweeted me and I was calling them Nazis. <laughs> yeah. So it's Oh well, looks like we're looks like we're famous enough to be called Nazis. Ha ha ha. The tables have turned. Yeah, you won. You won the battle place or the marketplace of ideas, man. Congratulations. I know. Yeah, exactly. Hey, this swastika is getting attention. Yep. That's basically where it's at. That's a um, good... So that's, uh, that's what that was. That's a good jumping off point, I think, for um, you know th this idea of an era of post-information. It seems like there's a lot of signs pointing to this being what we're beginning or currently just living in. Vladislav Surkov, which I, I've mentioned before, but he's a propagandist and close advisor to Putin. He's credited with using a combination of information overload, contradictory leaks, and then giving support to often opposing political interests. He does all of this to instill confusion and chaos in the average citizen's mind. This then causes them to disconnect from the process and resign themselves to whatever the state wills. So that it's, it's been very helpful in Russia. Um, Surkov actually has a background in absurdist theater, which cracks me up, and he writes fiction. In his 2014 short story, Without Sky, the young protagonist, uh, who is very clearly a kind of stand-in for him, wrestles with the concept of unreality and post-information as part of his political awakening. So this is from uh, Surkov's 2014 piece. We founded the society and prepared a revolt of the simple two-dimensionals against the complex and sly, against those who do not answer yes or no, who do not say white or black, who know some third word, many, many third words, empty, deceptive, confusing the way, obscuring the truth, in these shadows and spiderwebs, in these false complexities, hide and multiply all the villainies of the world. They are the house of Satan. That's where they make bombs and money, saying, here's money for the good of the honest. Here are bombs for the defense of love. So this to me is like, I, I, it, it reads a bit like a confession in some way, you know? Um, but I mean, you know, do you think this is the kind of landscape that we're living in? And what, if anything, can we do about it? I mean, you certainly have waded into um, using this technique against the right. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think, I think I've heard of this guy. Have you guys ever, do you like Adam Curtis at all? Oh yeah. Or have you seen, have you seen hypernormalization? Yes. He, he definitely is talks this, about, Surkov. is this the guy? Yeah. I think they mentioned him in that mm -hmm. as well, just because that's kind of the idea of hypernormalization, right? Is that in Russia too, um, you know, the, the economy was tanking. You couldn't buy a loaf of bread for your family. Right. But the propaganda is booming out across the entire nation that things are going great. Look at this fucking autocrat just walking down the street, you know, fascist, like, yeah, hell yeah, everything is fantastic. But he, but that's the I, thing with him is he's, he's then also sponsoring like the small, like feminist party. He's sponsoring the far right party. He's putting out stories that he's villainous. He's putting out stories that he's a good person. He overloads yeah. like this and he plays all sides. And at the end of the day, you know, it's literally impossible uh, to combat it because it's no longer about the information. It's about this landscape of uncertainty and the fact that the average person's like, this is too much for me. I don't care. Like I have shit to deal yeah. with. I have my day to deal with, you know, my job, my family, whatever. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I mean, they do the same. I remember in hypernormalization too, they're talking about how they do that with war as well, where there's moving troops in, moving troops out. There's no real, they're getting into wars that don't really seem to make any sense. Yeah, they're they backing never start. different people. They never start or they're backing different allies across the board and everyone's trying to figure mm -hmm. out what's the play, what's the plan. It's really, it's just create chaos. Um, yeah. I think a lot of these people 
are talented, obviously, whether it's Cernovich or Shapiro or Richard Spencer or anyone that is pushing propaganda across social media or any of these kind of new media platforms. You know, it is um, to push out chaos and just create chaos and profit off of it. I mean, the easiest thing to point towards, I feel like, is, you know, when uh, they say that on 4th of July, there's going to be a civil war, Armageddon is coming and they sell the food kits. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, that's yeah. a way to profit off. It's of grifting. Chaos. Yeah, it's classic grifting. Are we going to get out? I mean, I think we're just kind of there, right? In the United States, I think it's just there right now. I don't, has Russia really gotten out of that? You know, I think there's a certain, like, no, I wouldn't say so. And just, I mean, I don't, if we get a new president or something like that, I mean, I don't know if that's really the issue. I think that these media organizations are so vast and massive. And even if it fragments off into some of these new media personalities, yeah. they're just going to be smaller echo. There's just smaller echo chambers mm-hmm. than there already are. The internet right. is full of echo chambers. We're in an echo chamber from being in weird Twitter and leftist DSA Twitter and media Twitter. You'd be an NBA Twitter and you're in, yeah. you know, your own little echo chamber. Um, so, I mean, those things are just... You'll be in Dave Rubin's echo chamber listening to him talk about fucking whatever. Yeah. You know, it's like there's going to be just people that have their echo chambers. And I don't know how you kind of break that up. Right. Yeah. I don't know if I don't I don't have any answer for that, but we're certainly there. Well, because it's just it's it's people. We have a very difficult time hearing opinions that do not align with ours. One thing I was thinking about is just I don't trust any of these polls. I don't trust anything at this point just because not because I'm some conspiracy nut. It's just I'm very skeptical and cynical about any of this, whether Kavanaugh gets in or there's some huge blue wave coming. I just can't trust that 80, there's an 80% chance that, you know, Democrats are going to get the house or that all this, there's this huge movement that's happening. What the only thing I can believe and that can break out of this sort of weird, just echo chamber of misinformation and chaos that no one has any idea of what's going on is if you come out into the streets and you protest and you can show that you can't fake millions of people going into the street. So hope all the fucking resistance people and everybody um, and everyone that saying impeach these people if they fire Mueller or they're all wrapped up in that. I mean, if Kavanaugh gets on, this is what people should be getting in the streets about. And that's something you can't fake. And I think there is a lot of power to really like organizing and getting people out there so you can say, oh, yeah, well, all right, well, a million people showed up to protest this um, Supreme Court appointment. Well, you can't fake these people. It's it's a real thing. It's something you can like hold on to that's in reality. So, I mean, I hope more of that happens. Yeah, yeah. I, I look forward to following the Krasenstein brothers shirtless with, uh, you know, fucking <laughs> machine guns into a, a second storming of the Bastille. Oh, God. Uh, the resistance is truly a great political uh, group that doesn't at all just tweet. Yeah, well, there's too yeah, much money to be knows. made on sh- things being shitty. Yep, <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean. It's like it's That's like true. the moment the moment that the media starts losing money on the sh- bullshit that they're pulling is when we'll see yeah. some kind of change. The thing is, they are losing money and they're being bought up by billionaires who don't need to make money off them. They just want to exactly. control yep. the information. So that that's what's happening. Uh, I would like to, yep. speaking of shitty things, I would like to offer you, Mr. Nathan Bernard, as long as you'd like to use our show as a platform to send a direct message to Ben Shapiro, feel free to start it with Dear Ben. <laughs> Uh, I guess from something we said on the show earlier today, uh, dear Ben, just give me a kiss, one kiss right on the lips. Um, you know, we can donate, we can meet up and donate money to a charity or something for it. But, um, yeah, just give me a kiss. 
You heard it here first, Ben Shapiro. Uh, the exact <laughs> amount of money that you've proposed to Ocasio-Cortez, uh, we'd like you to give it to charity, but for kissing Nathan Bernard instead. <laughs> uh, that old, the Ocasio, one, one fun, uh, um, Alexander, actually, I used to be Alex's roommate um, way back oh. when I first moved to New York. Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's like the closest I've No way, that's crazy, dude. Yeah, yeah, that was, I mean, there's a whole smear camp. I mean, I've known her since college and stuff, so it's just yeah. a personal friend's. Yeah. Uh, there's whole smear campaigns when because I, I I made that a public thing when I said it in a Huffington Post and Daily Beast and then um, they like because they had asked me about what I felt about her campaign and I was like well I should I'm gonna have to talk about this at some point um, and then yeah like Loomer and Cernovich were like why is Alexandria backing a uh, sexual harasser or oh, something God. like that and it turned into a whole mess um, but that's yeah. a story for another time. But um, yeah, that was that was an absurd thing. I of, love it. He always does that stuff. She doesn't give a shit about that though. What is next for Nathan Bernard and BM Media? Yeah, BM Media. Um, well, I mean, I, I have some ideas. I mean, the website is going to continue going, and you know, of course, the Twitter stuff. You know, Bernard Media is on Twitter basically, and on you know the website. So it's a mix of those: more videos, more articles. Um, I'm thinking about putting together a live show of stuff that would yeah. include videos and. It wouldn't be purely like a comedy stand-up thing, but um, it would also just be kind of like educational about where the media is at today through kind of just sharing crazy stories and these funny Twitter fights and everything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's something that, you know, in the near future, I'll be working on putting together a little show and maybe go around to some universities or some other places and, um, you know, present it and hopefully people like BM think it's funny, but also can kind of learn something from it and you know, dig deeper if they choose to, uh, whether it's political or into these people or into this kind of weird sort of comedy. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it's just kind of a gateway. Um, so something live is cool. what I'm thinking about. Awesome. Well, we'll have you back on the show to talk about that evolution and we're excited as hell. Cool. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This is fun. Such a pleasure. Nathan T. Bernard on Twitter and obviously um, Bernard Media, is it .com? .org. .org, I'm sorry. Just a charitable cause. Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. Uh, The number one thing you can do to help us grow is tell your friends about us and get them hooked on our podcasting adrenochrome. There are no advertisements on our show. We are supported by our listeners through the easy-to-use Patreon platform. In fact, if every person who listened to these episodes pitched in five bucks a month, we'd have a stable source of income to pay for online hosting, gas, and eventually even compensating Jake and our guests. Please help me. Oh, God. So show us support by paying a fiver a month. It allows us to grow, and it gives you exclusive access to our premium episodes. Thank you so much in advance. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash Anonymous. Our Twitter is at Anonymous. Rate us on iTunes, where a turf war is happening between us and a cabal of evil reviewers who would seek to destroy the truth and compare us to CNN. Once again, thank you, Nathan and Jake. As as always, it's a pleasure to see you on your own podcast. Um, and and I'm, I love you. Sweet. Hi, this is Alex Jones, longtime listener, first-time caller. I was on iTunes the other day, and I noticed you losers were getting hammered on there. People really don't like that soy boy, Julian. And we have this one user named Brokan saying that Julian's a self-hating white man, and that he's tired of his, quote, constant interruptions that make the podcast unbearable, and the, quote, sick of his voice chiming in. He asks, do you really think so little of your friend that you need to talk over him every time he tries to make his goddamn point? Look, I gotta be fair here. I like to watch Jake suffer, so I'm gonna go ahead and disagree with Brokan. Jake... 
I'm sorry, but you're a naughty boy, and I want the worst for you. Another guy called the Educated Truth Seeker said that you guys were promoting lies. Now, this guy knows what he's talking about. I've noticed your sick, depraved love for human rights and Wendy's hamburgers. You're trash, and the show is trash. You cannot bury the truth. What else? Oh, Dropkick Hiltner uh, called your podcast, quote, not worth listening to. He thinks your mainstream media shills. Now, in this case, I think this fella has a point. I mean, this guy is very active on Reddit. Thousands of karma points. You know what I mean? In fact, here's his response to a research thread entitled, quote, Men of Reddit, what's the worst pussy you've ever had? A dropkick Hiltner answers, <clears throat> I met this Asian girl, and I've always had a thing for them. Like, I can't even talk to and or approach them. <laughs> I know what you mean, brother. So through the magic of OKQ, but I finally was able to meet one. She was unbelievably cute, super hot body, great lips. Man, I like a good set of lips too, brother. So anyways, things start to get hot. Well, I'm back to the post now. Things start to get So things start to get hot and heavy. The pants come off and the odor of dead fish fills her bedroom. Fellas, I ain't lying to you. I almost threw up during the sex. So the next morning, I hit it again just to make sure it was as foul as I thought it was. The plus side, I was able to last way longer since it was my one and sadly only Asian girl. I hear you, brother. I've only been with one Asian girl, too. <laughs> Anyways, Jake and Julian, maybe you two little turds could take a lesson in honesty from this brave pussy hitter. Shape up. Get your goddamn act together, you animals. You currently have an average score of three stars, but you deserve two of these nuts in your mouth, you globalist cucks.